Welcome to another edition of the Green Bears Podcast, Fantasy Spot. That is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we are here for another Thursday edition of the Fantasy Spot. AJ, how are you doing, my brother? I had such an up and down week. I was like two and four this week. It was annoying. It was annoying. So I'm annoyed. That's how I am. Annoyed. Well, boy, I am right there with you. Because thanks to what happened last night, I ended mm-hmm. up losing in a league that I was comfortably ahead. I should have won. <laughs> Causing me now to go two and three this week. I'm not accustomed to having these losing weeks, but <laughs> it is what it is, right? Yeah, indeed. Such is fantasy. Indeed. It is, it is a cruel mistress. That is for sure. Indeed. So, as we like to do, before we get into the other stuff, we always like to look back and update as to what happened in our show league. So, my beige bombers, we were going up against Team Burks. And I don't know if you saw AJ, but from our Green Beige um, Twitter account, I posted heading into the Monday Night Game, what miracle do you need for this game? Mm. Because I... Well, I was projected to win, but -hmm. just because I was projected to win doesn't mean I didn't need a miracle. Because when I'm just trying to pull the post up so that, right, going into the Monday night game, I was down 75 to 120. Team Burks had already played all of their players. Mm -hmm. But I ended up winning by one hundred with a total of 143 points. To the team works is 120. London Learners, well, they made a mistake in their lineup setting this week and they lost to Kawhi Not 131.5 to 106.5. Team Club Sheshe 179. They were our highest scorers for the week, taking down Denver Ravens Revenge 127. Long Bay Bayonets, 147.5. They beat Alberta Tyrant, who had the lowest score of the week, 81 points. And you're at Hawkinson. You took the Eckler and Koch, 137 to 104. So when we look at the standings, now the Beige Bombers, we are still out front with a record of 8 and 2. Long Bay Bayonets and Kawhi Not, they are both sitting at six and four. Team Burks is three and seven, and Alberta Tyrant, they are two and eight. Team Club Sheshe, they have assumed the summit of the Western Division. Ad Hawkinson, they are second with six, both on six and four. Denver Ravens Revenge, London Learners are both on five and five, and Eckler and Koch, they are three and seven. So, AJ, I made this comment to one of our participants this week. And they mm-hmm. said that this is one of, if not the most competitive league I have been a part of in a very long time. Yeah. We have three teams yeah. who are below 500. And then, with the exception of my base bombers, everyone else is packed in at six and four and five and five. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to add to that, right, you just mentioned the West and Club Sheshe. <laughs> and my team having the same record, did you realize that I am literally 
two and a half points shy of that of that team. Wow. Like literally, they've scored 15-29, <laughs> I've scored 15-26 and a half. Wow. Yeah, it's that close. And I've actually um I've ha- actually had less points get against. So if I have a very good week, I could I could head back to the apex there and I need that. I mean, <laughs> at this point, I still am in contention for for because we only have four playoff spots. Still I'm in contention, but you want to win a division, you know? <laughs> it is true. No, the interesting thing for me too is that looking at the standings and the season stats, London Learners, they are five and five. However, they're only given a 4% chance to make the playoffs, even though they are literally one game back. Now, they have been one of the lesser scoring teams in our league. They have put up 1,295 points so far (laughs) in the 10 games that we've had. Now, I did make mention of them missing an opportunity with their lineup this week. Because mm. the London Learners, for their team, they have Kyler Murray as the starting quarterback. And Murray was out this week. And had, mm-hmm. had the London Learners swapped out that Murray for Ryan Tannehill, they would have won. They got zero points from their quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill on their bench put up 42 points. <sighs> That would have given him a 148.5. Right. He would have won. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you're in a completely different time zone. Yes, it is <laughs> true. And you forget. <laughs> yep. But opportunity, an opportunity was there, an opportunity lost. But if things were to shake out his way, he could still make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He just needs some help from the guys above him. Now... My beige bombers, we have really we have done spectacularly this season. Um, we have 1,685 and a half points. We are the top scoring team in the league. And defensively, I mean, it's not as if we're literally playing defense, but points against I have the second, yes, I have the second lowest points against in the league. Third. 1, third. third? Yeah, because I'm actually at uh, on uh, top of the league with that, and then um, Long Beach Bayonets. Oh yes, that is second. Is so you're third, yeah. Yeah, thirteen twenty-two point five for you, thirteen fifty-seven for the Bayonets, and then my Beige Bombers are thirteen eighty-eight and a half. So, well, we, I mean, we've looked at what's happened um, this week when we look ahead for the coming week the last place Alberta Tyrants they are coming up against the first place Beige Bombers Team Club Shea Shea they go up against Team Burks the Long Bay Bayonets they battle Kauai Not two six and four teams going at it the London Learners they're going up against Eckler and Koch and the Denver Ravens Revenge are going up against Urad Hawkinson five and five versus six and four so we have some very competitive matchups to look forward to this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, AJ, you know how we always like to then look at our heroes and our goats for the past week. So, who do you have as your heroes, first up? Well, all right. So, let me start off by mentioning some receivers. First of all, and I mentioned 
this guy in the Green Beige episode, Debo Samuel. Oh, this man had an amazing night. Um, he was doing a, bit, a little bit of everything, but uh, he had nine, 97 um, receiving yards from five receptions. Um, the rushing yards was a, a good addition as well. In, in two total touchdowns, the Rams could not stop him. This man is just too great a weapon. Um, Cooper Cup, even though the Rams suffered a dismal loss, still had 11 catches for 122 yards, did not get into the end zone. But still, that's still a very good return given um, the way that that offense was looking. Um, it was, that was good enough for 26 points in our league. C.D. Lamb, look, if, <laughs> if this guy keeps playing the way he has been for the season, Jerry Jones is going to move up. Mark my words. Jerry Jones will move off of Amari Cooper sooner than later and free up that cap space. Uh, you know what? I'll, we could get into that on a later episode of the Green Beach. But Lamb had six catches in that game for 94 yards and two scores. Most importantly, right? And this is, this is where it's fantasy relevant as well. He leads a team in every major receiving category. Targets per game, receptions per game, yards per game, yards per reception, catches, touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb is doing everything, and right now in that offense, if, if you have CeeDee Lamb in your team, it's not even a question of when you should start him. He should be in your lineup every single week. Um, uh, yes, yeah, some other mentionables of, for the owners of Patrick Mahomes. So everyone who decided to draft Patrick Mahomes <laughs> in the first round of drafts and completely mess up draft orders um, going into this season, I know this is the kind of game that they've all been waiting on, right? He, he feasted 405 yards, five touchdowns, and most importantly, he did not give the ball away. Yeah. So, and, and I think in our league, that was good for like 85 and a half points. That is arguably, undoubtedly, his best game of the season based on the eye test and the fantasy numbers. And I, I have to give some props, finally, to my guy on my team, Hunter Henry. <laughs> Again, this man had his first two-score game since week six of 2019. Wow. Uh, it was his, uh, and that game in 2019 was his second game back after he missed the, after he missed the entire 2018 season um, due to an injury. And then he missed um, weeks two, three, um, two through five in week 19. Played week one, missed two through five, then played week six and, and had two touchdowns. First time... Since that time, he, he scored twice in a game, right? And I have, and you mentioned Club Shea being the highest scorers in our league this week. I have to give a shout out to Club Shea for having Debo Samuel, Patrick Mahomes, and Hunter Henry to carry him to a victory this week. Because if you look at the man's other players, the other scores look like binary digits. It was, it was these three men alone that carried Club Shea to that and, and, and put him ahead of me in points. So you know what? Well, well played, Hassani. Well played. <laughs> yeah, I seem to feel very good about that shout out because I mean, when as you said, when you look at what he was able to accomplish this week, that was incredible. No, he also did have the punter from Miami, Mark Pollardy, who has sixteen yeah. points because yeah. he kicked eight punts. So that is fantastic when you get those kind of numbers from a punter that is always a benefit now dearness johnson he is one that came in very handy for me mm -hmm. because for those who were paying attention now as we always like to let you know we record this on tuesday you see it on thursday so by that time 
players most of the time have not started their practices. They've not really gone through anything. We don't necessarily know who is going to play because injuries do pop up as the week goes on. And one of those injuries caught my team unawares. Alvin Kamara was out. He was mm-hmm. not practicing all week, and then all of a sudden he was out. Mm-hmm. And that forced me then to have to insert Dennis Johnson because we also had an injury to Nick Chubb. So Dennis Johnson was again though the feature back for the Cleveland Browns. And he gave me 23 and a half points. He had 99 yards on the ground. And then he also had 55 yards receiving on seven receptions. So Dearness Johnson definitely is a hero because he saved my bacon. If he <laughs> if I did not have him, I would have lost. Because his 23 and a half points, I had I won by 23 points. So well, yeah. yeah. Somebody else that also needs to get some love, Devonta Smith. The rookie wide receiver with the Philadelphia Eagles, he mm-hmm. put up 22 points this week for the London Learners. He had four receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. George Kittle, we made mention of him last week when he said that he, he came back and he looked like if he never left. He mm-hmm. had another five receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown, 16 points. So kudos to him as well. No, Ezekiel Elliott, he needs to start putting the ball on the grass. However, he had two touchdowns in this game against the Falcons and 41 yards rushing. So when you take that into consideration, he still came out with 22 points, even though he lost the fumble, which was a minus two. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, there are lots of other people that we can make mention of. Tyree Hill, seven receptions, two touchdowns, 83 yards, good for 27 points. And Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 143 yards, 26 points, even though he did not score a touchdown. Kudos to him as well. But of course, where you know we, we like to keep it light and fun at the beginning, then we have to go to the dark side. There are some goats. And AJ, I know you have some goats. So who are your goats? All right, so let me start off. First of all, I, I I really don't like having to do this to wide receivers because they're really at the mercy of their quarterback, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I still need to mention them. Uh, first of all, A.J. Brown. After having back-to-back games of over 100 yards, this is in week seven against Kansas City, week eight at, at the course. Two best fantasy outings this season uh, of the season. The only two games where he's gone um, over 100 yards. He followed that up. Um, with uh, going to the Rams. He had 11 targets then, brought in only five catches. This is, he had 11 targets in the previous week against the Colts. That time he caught 10, against the Rams caught only five. And then this week he had even less targets than he had catches in the previous week. Four targets, a single catch, 16 yards, good enough for three points. I mean... I mean, I, I, I know the gentleman who I played, a very good friend, and one of my closest friends ever is who I played, who had him on his team. So I'm very happy that AJ Brown <laughs> had this. Me personally, but I know he's not pleased. I know he's not pleased because he's been very high on AJ Brown. Uh, that's one of his guys. Um, also, I just mentioned C.D. Lamb, and on the other side is Amari Cooper. For fantasy owners of Amari Cooper, it has to be really disappointing 
that in, in a, a huge win such as this, that Cooper actually had basically little to no part to play in, in, that, in that offensive walloping. He had four catches for 51 yards. Um, did not, for some reason, I don't know why I didn't put down what point total that yielded in our league, but it, it, it can be good. And, and that's part of the reason why I said that I believe that in, in, in real time that the Cowboys are going to move on from Amari Cooper sooner or later. I think they have enough talent otherwise, and he just isn't needed. And that contract is something that could be cleared up. Yeah, uh, sorry. He was good for nine points. Nine points. There we go. Something. Oh, yeah. And also, my, my guy, I mean, in the one game where Detroit actually, that Detroit actually did not lose, my guy, TJ Hawkinson, had, again, I, it's hard to blame him for having one target all game. I didn't watch the game, so it could mean that, that he was taken out of it by the defense. That could very well be the case, but good grief. And he didn't bring in that target either way. So he, he ended with zero points. I have this guy in about three leagues. It, it hurt me. And plus, I actually like him as a player. No, he's really good. So it really hurt me. What hurt me the most are the quarterbacks. In one of in, um, the league I told you I'm the back-to-back defending champion, my two quarterbacks are Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford. Mercy and grace. So you know how this week, that, that, how that last week treated me? Yep. Justin Herbert really let me down. 195 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Matt Stafford once again with more, uh, more INTs than touchdowns, than touchdowns for the second week running. If, if, if had, had they been putting up the numbers that they were accustomed to throughout the season, I would have easily won that matchup. But here I stand. Understood, sir. Now, you made mention of your guy, TJ Hawkinson, who had one target and failed to trouble the scorers. Likewise, failing to trouble the, sto- the scorers this week was Mike Gesicki. However, no, I missed a lot of the beginning of that game. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you exactly how it went all the way through. However, Mike Gesicki has seven targets. He brought in none of them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that, that's terrible. <laughs> it's a little different <laughs> when yeah. you have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And you do nothing. Thankfully, in the league that I have Mike Gesicki, I had him on my bench because George Kittle is my other tight end. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I can start Gesicki yeah. over Kittle. Praise Jehovah. <laughs> now, somebody else. Oh, and by the way, Team Burks. Team Burks has Gesicki. So they did um did not benefit at all. Yeah, Mike, clearly he didn't check his team though, because it is true. No, Mike Davis. He I don't okay. So game script will de- dictate how some certain things go. However, when Mike Davis only has three rushing attempts and no catches. And gives you one and a half points. That's a problem. Right now, I'm starting to think that I also have a problem with Darren Waller. I have him in a couple of leagues, and Darren Waller's numbers have not been very good this they season. They haven't. 
Darren Roller finished this game against that porous Kansas City secondary. Four receptions for 24 yards. Well, yeah. they are out there having, well, Kansas City is having uh, Travis Kelsey doing as he feels like. Waller was completely buttoned up and bottled up and did not contribute anything to the scores. Now, we, as I always say, we don't um, go against somebody or call them a goat because of injury. But Cordell Patterson, four and a half points, that had to sting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Daryl Henderson Jr. Thankfully, well, actually, not thankfully, because there was a league, there is a league that I have both him and um, what's his name, Matt Stafford, as my running back one and QB. And I was in prime position to win that matchup last night. My opponent was at a 20% probability to win the to win that matchup. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing because <laughs> of the putrid performance of Matthew Stafford. And then obviously being down as much as they were, there's no way that Daryl Henderson would be able to rush the ball. And I also had Matt Gay, who he was a victim of circumstance. They chasing the game and decided not to take the field goals. And I lost. I mean, there are lots of people that we could continue to, to make yeah. mention of. But yeah. there's one person that I like to remind the folks how he did every week. Because he's already burnt me once this season. <laughs> That's Mr. Mike Williams. Four receptions on six targets, 33 yards, seven points. I'm just at this point, AJ, nobody, I just keep saying nobody wants to to trade me for him. So I think I'm just going to have to drop him. I'm just going to have to cut him. Yeah, I think so. Now, one of the things that we have not really talked about much, um, but it's something that I do quite often, and I'm sure that you do it too. And most experienced fantasy players will have to do it a number of times a season. And that is sometimes you have to go against the projections and make a decision as to who you are going to start versus another player. So AJ, when you are looking at that, and sometimes making that call, what goes into that um, decision-making process for you? Um, yeah, so like you said, it's just, I guess, based on the matchup, um, looking at the defense that this um, offensive player is going up against and how they have done against players in the position. Um, I, I mean, like, for example, if, if I'm... Generally, if I'm playing, if I have a, a running back who's going to face the Saints, I'll, I'll sit them. I'll sit. <laughs> and especially, especially if I know that he is not a running back who's going to see many targets in the game, he more than likely be sat, right? Um, so it's just things like that. Um, any receiver who possibly is going up against Jalen Ramsey most likely will, you know, is, is, is not a very good start for that week. And I'm just, I'm just pulling blank references here off the top of my head. But yeah, so uh, it's, it's just basically looking at the matchup and knowing 
how the defenses um on the flip side to that remember there was a i told you it was either last week or the week before um when i told you i dropped damian harris because he wasn't performing but then brought him back because i saw that we were playing the chargers and that worked out because the chargers can't stop they can't stop the run Mm-hmm. And I, I think Char- um, Harris went for over 100 yards that game. I can't remember the fantasy total. I won't be able to look it up now. But I, I brought him back specifically for that. So, like, yeah, it, it, it really comes down to the matchup, knowing, knowing that the defense that this player is going to be going, going up against and, and trying to just make the best determination. I mean, anything could happen. But sometimes it's just – there's some ones you just can't l- overlook. It is true. Now, one of the things that I also take into consideration when I'm making that determination, matchup is key because it doesn't make sense starting a, a regular, not like elite running back against the Saints, for example, as you said. But one of the things I also do try to consider is what I try to predict what the game flow is going to be. So going up against the Chiefs, know that the Chiefs have just hung 41 points on the Raiders, you would think then that you might probably need to start according you can start the quarterback and the wide receivers against the Chiefs because if they're going to be scoring points in bunches and they're going to be getting up early, chances are the running back on that mm-hmm. team may not necessarily get as much work as you'd like. Sure. And as you may mention, if they're not getting targets, dual threat running backs or fantasy gold, if Mm -hmm. they aren't seeing the targets, then you probably aren't going to be very successful with that particular um, player that you you put in. And also, when I'm now thinking of, like, punters and kickers, punters more so, I try to find a punter on a bad team, either on a bad team or whose team has a really bad matchup that week. Because, again, if... Like, if you have the Houston Texans punter, you're probably sitting on a gold mine because <laughs> his foot is probably getting iced and massaged every game with the amount of work that he's putting in. Likewise with the Jets. No, I mean, there are some times, though, that you get the unfortunate circumstances like some of our folks have done this fantasy season where the team doesn't punt at all and obviously, if your punter does not do any work, he does not make any points. It's not like if he doesn't get paid, he gets paid, but you don't get... <laughs> you don't make... Nothing's at rest. <laughs> Correct. Nothing's at rest. There is nothing for you this week. All right, AJ. So now let's look at the injury report. I know you have some injury news for us. So as we go through them, if any names pop to mind, then we'll also make some suggestions as who you can grab this week. Yeah, so let's start with the Thursday night game. And you mentioned Cordell Patterson and the injury. He's still dealing with an ankle injury. He was limited on Tuesday. But as you alluded to earlier, Tuesday is not usually like a full practice. So um, there is a possibility that he may still play, but given that it's a Thursday game, I, you should be looking to make alternate plans at this point. I don't know necessarily that the plan is, is Mike Davis, like, um, coming, <laughs> coming up against, coming up against that part defense and, um, and 
what's his name? And sorry, and Belichick. Why am I saying what's his name? And Belichick <laughs> in a short week, he, he usually does a good enough job, as I mentioned in the Green Bay Green Bay's podcast, at being able to plan. So um, you may you may have to look on the wire for this one. Elijah Mitchell, I had no idea that this happened, but he suffered a broken finger. I don't know when that happened. He absolutely feasted against the Rams. Um, he was the leading rusher for the Niners in that game. He had 97 rushing yards. Um, nothing through the air, but still, he had a very good game. And his status is unclear um, because of that broken finger for week 11. Damian Harris, uh, this, <laughs> Mike Pat's running back, who I just mentioned, he returns to practice after being out with a concussion um, in the victory against the Browns. Oh, the thing is, Ramondre Stevenson had a very good um, showing as, as filling in, as deputizing for him. I, I, I feel like it could be at the point now, especially in a short week and with Harris coming back from a concussion where Bill could use more of a tandem and, and give Stevenson a bigger workload because of uh, what he was able to do on the weekend. So um, that means obviously less work for, for Damian Harris, but I think his numbers still warrant um, enough of flex consideration and he more than likely will be um, the red zone back I believe I, I could be wrong because Stevenson like I said did very well doing that but I still think if you have Harrison yeah, you can plug him in uh, as a flex player um, also this is just for the sake of mentioning but Big Ben could play <laughs> Big Ben could play in week 11 but I don't see why unless you are in absolutely dire need like, you have to be in a three quarterback league to be starting Ben, ben Roethlisberger at this point. Um, uh, yeah, so we have OBJ. I, obviously, things didn't go as they would have been expected to in week one. I think I, I'm, I, pretty, I, I think that even though he didn't have much of an impact, people were possibly expecting to do a little bit more. Um, but guess, based on the gameplay, the Rams had to revert to what they knew. And that oh, sadly, that did not involve OBJ at that point. I still am going to pump the brakes. I picked him up in one league just because, right? It's kind of more of a stash. I didn't play him as yet. I just want to see how this experiment goes, especially now that Bobby Trees is down. Um, I think it's more important to, to like, gauge him before um, plugging him in, into your lineup. Uh, Chris Carson. Uh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I definitely agree with regards to mm -hmm. Odell Beckham because mm -hmm. Odell Beckham, the best of Odell Beckham, will be spectacular for your team. Mm -hmm. But he now needs to get himself ingratiated with that offense and they now have to figure out how they're going to use him because Odell Beckham is not going to give you the Robert Woods level of production. He's not going to be the physical receiver who's blocking downfield, nor is he really going to be doing too many of these jet sweeps. So right. chances are Odell Beckham may be at best a wide receiver three for the rest of this season. Correct. And I mean, we, we should wait also to see if the rumors of him possibly being used as a punt returner would be true, because obviously that will I'll add some extra points. Um, we'll see how that goes down the line. Chris Carson, the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the Seahawks are going to revisit his status. Um, there's no like real update or timeline. Uh, but like I said, they will revisit Chris Carson this week. I, I, even if Carson is back, I don't know that I trust Chris Carson to, to automatically put him back into my lineup. And another player who could seemingly be back is Saquon Barkley. I'm not going to speak too much on Saquon because 
I have him in one league and I'm not really convinced either. He, Saquon is going down every other week and I need to see some level of production uh, like back-to-back weeks before I make him uh, a short start once again. Uh, your guy, Mike Williams, is dealing with some knee injury, some knee swelling. I mean, that's, I get you, that's still probably no excuse to, no, but you said he was four of six last week, right? I mean, yeah, he was four of six. It's, it's not terrible, but yeah. But the thing that has me, right, is that his head coach is saying that the knee swelling is not impacting his mm. production. But he's had right. 10 catches for 137 yards in his last four games combined. There's a mm. reason why I keep mentioning what Mike Williams does. And it's not because he is making, you know, things happen. He's mm-hmm. not. No, I will give him the benefit of the doubt if this knee mm. issue is what is causing his um, numbers to be down. Mm-hmm. But Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it could very well be that. Um, yeah, so then we have uh, a tight end in Ricky Seals-Jones. At this point, his hip injury is seen as day-to-day. Um, yeah, the, Logan Thomas still seems like he may be out. So if Seals is back, I guess it could be a, a, a plug for this week if, if a tight end is needed. I'm... Uh, I, I I don't have that much faith in him. I'll be very honest. If it, it, Ricky Seals would be a very desperate play. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I had to pick him up once to, to try to time me over. And I think we only got like three receptions that game. It's a little, if you're not named Terry McLaurin and you're not near Antonio Gibson, yep. it's probably a bit of a risk playing anybody from that offense. Because I even picked up J.D. McKissick in, in drafts in a couple of leagues thinking that because he was, I think he was a, either the highest or the second highest pass catching back from 2020, mm-hmm. hasn't translated to 2021. It yeah. is abysmal this year. Um, but yeah, but continuing, we have, if Colt McCoy, <laughs> it seems like he may be back on the center for Arizona. Um, he was dealing with a peck strain, but it, uh, reports are that he should be healthy enough to play in week 11. Uh, my guy, Baker Mayfield, again, dealing with injuries. <laughs> He's considered day-to-day. Uh, yeah, I, once again, Baker Mayfield, as much as I, as much as I like, dude, he, he warrants no fantasy consideration at this point unless you are in a two-quarterback league and are in desperate need. In that case, you usually find that people are hoarding quarterbacks. Um, they have the two starters and then like two on the bench, so the waiver wire is a bit bony. So if, if that's the case and you have nothing else to work with, then I guess you could go with Baker. Um, their matchup this week is against who? You said the Lions, right? Uh, let me confirm. Yes, they're against the Lions. Against the there Lions. you go. It should be a favorable matchup. I mean, he may have one of his better games this week. Um, you mentioned in the last segment, you mentioned like the gameplay. Uh, we know that this is a running team. Uh, but the Lions have been keeping some close games recently. Uh, look what just happened with the Steelers, a game that they possibly should have won, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it may be that Baker may have to throw a bit more. He may be efficient enough to give you, like, QB2 numbers. Um, CD Lamb, I, I mentioned CD Lamb as one of my heroes for this week, but he seems to be dealing with, um, as is reported, a Charlie Horse injury that kept nagging. Um, again, the, the, the Cowboys play on Sunday, so this is just something that you have to monitor. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's being um, reported as having a pretty good chance to play against the Cowboys. I, for one, am shocked, but 
generally, uh, I'm not convinced uh, as yet that he is someone to put back into your lineup immediate, with immediate effect. Uh, the Chiefs started using this, um, this uh, running back committee because even Darrell Williams, I had to drop him because I realized that, uh, what's this other guy's name? Gore. can't remember his first name. That Gore was getting a lot more touches of the ball. So Darrell Williams' production had dipped a bit. So I don't know if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming off of a knee injury is going to assume that number one spot immediately. So just monitor this. But um, the thing is, though, with regards to Clay Evers, Ilir, there's only one league I have him in, which just happens to be that throwaway league. And oh, as okay. soon as he's healthy, as soon as I know he's playing, he's yeah. right back in Mr. Because he can't do any worse. He can't do well, any that, worse. I, I understand that situation. Else, yeah. I understand it. Because in, in my league, I don't know if you realize, but in my league, I have been just chopping and changing every single week. I, I'm, I'm not playing for wins anymore, so i just kind of been picking up who's available and just rolling with the punches. Um, so, <laughs> so Tua has been announced as the Dolphins Week 11 starter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what consideration Tua gets at this point with regards to being a fantasy, fantasy starter. Um, Cole Beasley, he's actually been having a, a quietly decent season. Um, even even fantasy-wise, I think in the last couple of weeks, he's dipped a bit. He's dealing with a rib injury, something to monitor. Um, Aaron Jones. I've been bemoaning Aaron Jones' point totals for the season so far. And um, he was injured in the last game against the Seahawks. And now the MRIs have revealed that it's an MCL sprain and he's out for at least a couple of weeks. This puts me in a bad position. Oh, oh, I'm, this, that sounds really bad. You know what? I, I wish the guy all the best in his recovery. <laughs> MCL um, injuries are never uh, something easy to come back from, even though it says mild, but you know. But yeah, it put me in a really bad place, though. And yeah, that is basically the roundup of fantasy-related uh, injuries going into week 11. Of course. So this week, there are only two teams that are on buys. That is the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams. The Broncos did being on a buy probably doesn't impact too many people or too many teams very much however the Rams being on a buy probably means that most of us are scrambling or if we well, scrambling if we haven't already prepared or making some changes this week because pretty much everyone in the offense would have been a starter on your team now this week there being only two buys two teams on a buy however it does give you lots of options so that is something that you hopefully will have an opportunity to make some changes, get your teams ready for week 11. I just, I just need, I feel like I just need to mention this because I, I only just noticed it, right? Sure. Yeah, but I, I, I just mentioned um, Darrell Williams and the fact that in recent weeks, it seemed like Kiss down Kansas City had been going more to a committee, right? And I just realized, and as, as a result, I dropped him. And I just realized that you were the one that picked him up. And he had his best game of the season against, against the Raiders. So let me not be misleading. I'm not saying that Darryl Williams is a bad player. I'm just saying he's, the, the, he's in a position now where you never know what is going to happen um, in, on a weekly basis. He's not a, a, a plug and play every single week. Because again, Kansas City is rolling with a, a backfield committee. And if Edwards Hilaire um, gets back into that mix, he's going to make it even harder for him to get touches. But 
Yeah, against Las Vegas, it was just one of those nights. They're three points for you. It is true. Uh, it's, yeah, it's best of the season. I can't make this stuff up. And here I am struggling for points. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. That is the yeah. way the cookie crumbles very often in fantasy. Indeed. Indeed. All right, folks. So we will leave it here for this week. We will definitely see you guys next week. You can definitely keep up with our primetime pick'em. That is every Thursday afternoon. We make our picks. We give you our videos and let you make your picks as well for the winners of the Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night games. We are also looking towards having much more content for you as the season continues. So, as always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the bitch. And we will see you next time.